Welcome back to So Talk to Me. Um, Merry belated Christmas and an early Happy New Year. There you yeah. go. That yeah. works. <laughs> that works. This is dropping in the interim between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, hope your holidays have been merry and will be. It's the will holiday continue. season. Happy holidays. It's probably a different song, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Happy holidays to you. No, it's the same song. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay, cool. I, I don't, I did, I had never heard that song before this Christmas. What? When there was Christmas music being played. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's a crooner singing it, so it's like super, super old. Yeah. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of Christmas music unless I'm in a department store <laughs> for Black Friday. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it's just, yeah. Yeah, just not my thing. Interesting. Learn something new about you. Ayo. But I mean, no, I knew you, you knew didn't that. like Christmas music, yeah. but I didn't know that you hadn't heard that song before. Uh, yeah, but I heard it like six times in the past few days. So, <laughs> you know, that's fun. Listening to old Christmas music that I didn't know. Well, the Christmas music may have not been fun for you, but. It was festive. It wasn't what I preferred, but it felt like Christmas. But Christmas was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yes, we had a really good Christmas this year. 2018 Christmas going down in the books. What What did we do for Christmas, babe? We, well, we did a lot of things, actually. My mom's family came into town, so um, her, well, I guess it's, it's her two sisters and their families. Her brother wasn't there, uh, and, and his family wasn't there. But they sent a smoked turkey, which was- oh, It was delicious. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, we got together, rented a house as a family. Well, actually, it wasn't just a house. It was like a number of- It like, was like a property. Yeah, yeah. There were, yeah, multiple houses. And, and a jacuzzi and a pool and mm-hmm. a fire pit, fire pit and a ranch, basically. There were some horses on the other side. Were there really? I didn't yep. see any of the horses. Did yeah, you? I didn't go see them, but okay. yeah, there were some on the other side of the far fence. Gotcha. Man, Josie would have loved that. Yeah, she would have. <laughs> I wish I had known sooner. Because even when you watch your your show... The, the, horse, the horse movies. The horse show. Yes. She's always like, nay, nay, mm-hmm. nay, nay. She, <laughs> she calls, doesn't say horse. She no, just says nay. <laughs> no. She, well, she doesn't say any animal's yeah. name. She says what sound She, she will say cow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never heard her say cow. I've only heard her say moo, which is super cute. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It's, yeah, it's cute, but. Yeah, all the animals are. The sounds that they make. Mm-hmm. They're like Pokemon. <laughs> they just say their names. Sort of reverse Pokemon. <laughs> their names are the sounds they make. <laughs> I wonder if that's how they named Pokemon. Anyways, that's stupid. Uh, no, they yeah. probably named them and then were like, they're just going to say their names. Yeah. Because well, they can't really talk. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Pokemon aren't real. So... That that is definitely what happened because someone named them because they're not real. They're just pictures. Really? 
So, yeah, we had a good Christmas hanging out with the family. Um, we had to leave. So we left, or we went out. And actually, the, the house was only like 30 minutes away from where we live, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, we're in Austin, and it was out in Kyle. So, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't even 30 minutes from our house. Yeah, yeah, depending. Uh, but for the rest of my family, it was, you know, good, like, three, four-hour drive. Yeah, so. except for... Your immediate family. Well, yeah. Your yeah, sorry. I just siblings. Family that's coming in from out of town. Right. They still had they still had a bit of a drive, but um it worked out really well for us because there was some stuff that I still had to do at work. So we were running back and forth between Austin and Kyle a couple times. But yeah, we went out there Sunday night or Sunday evening and hung out. What did we all do sun- Sunday evening? It was just... Game night. Well, that was Christmas. We did all the games. Yeah. Well, yeah, the tournament was on Christmas. But, right. But it, there was left, center, right going on the first night. <clears throat> right. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did do that. Yeah, that's fun. If you've never played that game, you should look it up and play that game. It's fun. You need money, so it's basically like gambling, but mm-hmm. you only use use a few bucks, so it's not that big a deal, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so much more fun when you gamble. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is intense, though, <laughs> or it can get intense. Well, that's the funny thing, too. So, so okay, so the way that I think about games, um, and this may, I, I don't know, I don't know. This is just the way that I, I always think of like, okay, what well, how do you really play this? I am competitive. And I think through like, okay, what's the optimum strategy for this game? Like how can I maximize my chance of winning? You know, how how can I do this? With left, center, right, you're literally just rolling dice. Like right. it's completely it's up chance. to chance. Yeah. There is no way that you can tip the odds in your favor. So uh, I'd say I'm not as competitive with that game because I know like there's nothing I could do. I mean, whether it's me or whether it's someone else, like we're still going to play the exact same way. Yeah. You know, and some family members, of course, you know, they're all superstitious and they like blow on the dice and, you know, oh, I'm only going to take the dice that didn't lose the last person a dollar or something, <laughs> like, you know, things like that where, um, and it's fun. It's fun to play like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but because I think of things in terms of what is the you know best strategy to win this game. Um, I know the the game is pure luck, and so yes, it is a lot of fun to play with people. But at at its core, like there's there's really nothing to it. It's pure luck. <laughs> there, but it's there's a lot of no fun. decision making in the in the game and at all. Especially, it's especially fun when you win, <laughs> which yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, I won some money. Hey yo, great job gambling. <laughs> we win. That's the rule. The more people who play, the more money you win. Gambling. Um. So yeah, we did that. That was Sunday. Did we stay up late that night? I don't remember. Um, not particularly. I know it was Christmas Eve where we all stayed up like super late. Yep. Because we were all around the fire, mm-hmm. singing Christmas carols, and hanging out. And we all went around, but there was like 
How many of us were there? There was like know, 20 something of us. Well, I just meant like the whole weekend. There were oh, like 20 oh, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Around the campfire, there was, most of us were there. Yeah. It was just the, the kids who were already asleep and then. My grandparents. Yeah. Well, and I think your brother and your sister, because they weren't feeling oh, that's well. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, most of us were around the fire, and we all went around and said what our Christmas wish was. Yeah. Which sounds really cheesy. Um, but it was really good. Yeah, it it, it turned out to be something really good because it the, I, the focus turned to to God, and I I thought it was very edifying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm just like reiterating what you said, but it does sound pretty cheesy, like, oh, your Christmas wish. Like, it's, that sounds like a Hallmark movie. The Christmas I'm, wish. I'm pretty sure it is a Hallmark uh, movie. I, yeah, probably, yeah. It sounds really familiar, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is. Um, but yeah, the, the concept is kind of weird. But But being around, you know, with your family and kind of talking through, like, what, yeah, what you really want to happen, like some of your your desires not on like a superficial level but you know especially i don't know when there's people around you kind of want to say something that that you know you know people are gonna kind of resonate with and then at the same time um it, it when you know at least like sitting in that circle knowing that i'm gonna have to say something i had to really kind of think about it like Oh, what do I, you know, it's, it, it kind of goes along with what I've said in the past, sort of about like the new year and setting goals and like looking towards the future and what we can do. So it helped to have some time just to kind of sit back and like actually think about the goals and think about like what I, I really want to accomplish. Cause I mean, I guess that's, that's how I think about it too, is sort of like, what, what do I really want? It's sort of, um, I'll give another example is like, I was, uh, working with our youth pastor actually, uh, last week, I don't know, or a week or two ago, I don't remember, but we had set aside some time to work on some lighting in the youth room. And while we were sitting there, he just, he turns to me and asks you, Hey man, what are you afraid of? I was like, what? Like I, I had to kind of stop and think about it. Or he said, maybe, maybe he didn't say it that way. Maybe he said something like, what is what's one of your deepest fears? Something like that. And it kind of caught me off guard, but I was like, oh, that's a really good thing to think about. Like something to, 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 I don't know, just kind of ponder over and, and really like asking yourself. Everything that I have no control over. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of it. Actually, I went the opposite direction and mine was like basically everything that I have control over. Um, no, I just said like that my life wouldn't count for anything, you know, that that's yeah. And, and it's funny too, because like, he's a big, um, the, you know, you've heard on this podcast that I, I like John Piper a lot, right? You, you've heard that I've, I've quoted him multiple times. Um, so our, our youth pastor at our church, he, I don't, I don't know that, that he's a huge fan of Piper. But I know the book by Piper, Don't Waste Your Life, is like... He loves one of that his, book. Yes, he yeah. does. Like in his email signature, it says, don't waste your life. So I know that has affected him profoundly. And so it, it's just kind of funny because like, you know, my answer to his question was like, 
that my life wouldn't count for anything. And that's like literally what he harps on all the time. It's like, don't waste your life. Um, so anyways, all that to say <laughs> that thinking through your Christmas wish was actually pretty helpful for me. Yeah, and our wishes had to do with our children. Big shocker there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, basically just that um, they, would, they would grow to know Christ and follow him and glorify God with their lives. Yeah. That was the gist. Basically. <laughs> basically. So stuff like that, again, it just kind of made me think about, you know, what am I doing now that um, would reinforce that as well as kind of examining, you know, the ways in which I am a poor witness to my kids. So it was good. It was very good. Yeah, and it ended up being a really encouraging night too, like, because people would kind of chime in and, and talk about, you know, their perspectives on whatever was just said or, or it, but it, it did turn into a lot of encouragement because I, I know we're weird, but my family all loves each other. <laughs> we are very, very I I, close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean that in a positive way, not like, I don't know. That came out a little strange, but I, and, and like it, not in a cheesy way, but in a way that like, you know, we don't get to hang out too often, mm -hmm. but when we do, um, we can have like good conversations like that. We don't really have, uh, we don't really have like Debbie Downers in our family. You know, right? It's like if they're not if they're not there, then okay, that's kind of the worst of it. And people make jabs at him for not being there, but it's it's not like uh, it's not like we have that weird uncle that everyone talks about. You know, that doesn't know how to socialize. I don't know. Not on your mom's side anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There you go. Um, no, but that was a point that was just like repeated multiple times was that God has just really blessed our family in that we all do really love each other and like pray for each other and encourage each other and we're there for each other, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's not something that's very common, unfortunately. And, and my side of the family is the same way, you know, we're all really close and yeah, you just, that's just not something that's very common. So we are very, very blessed in that, in that way. But yeah, Christmas Eve, when we did the whole like Christmas wish thing, we ended up saying out. Super late. It was probably like what one o'clock or so before we actually came inside, something like that, which is kind of crazy. It was past two when we went to bed, so I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. So it was late. Um, and then of course on Christmas morning, you know, kids tend to wake up a little earlier than usual. Um, but just with our sleeping arrangements, you know, our our kids are still super young, so they woke up. A little earlier than they do, um, although I was surprised at just how well that they kind of would sleep through the night, outside of Oliver just kind of moving around a lot and kicking us. And <laughs> it, it, it's funny sleeping in a bed with our son. It's been a long time since I've done that. 
he just moves around all the time and yep, sleeps in really funky foot positions. Was like on top of my neck at one point. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it's funny too because he likes to cuddle. Like he likes to be up against you, but just in weird positions. Like he's not a normal. I, I don't know. He, he doesn't just lay down. He has to be like, I don't know, in a fetal position with one arm sticking out and, you know, just weird. All kinds of fun stuff. But, yep. So that was, that was fun. Um, yeah, they were kind of restless nights for me. <laughs> uh, yay. I caught up on it last night. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get up until almost noon this today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, the kids got me up out of bed at eight. That was me. That was my sleeping in this morning. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a really tiring, which is weird. Like just looking it's back at it, it was later it was than really they've great. slept the past few days. Yeah, yeah. They've been getting up at like six thirty, seven o'clock. Right. Yeah, because of the whole sleeping arrangement thing. Yeah, they just weren't used to it, and they woke up early. Um, but yeah, they slept in, slept until eight this morning, but yeah, so, so it was a really good time with family out in Kyle. Um, but it was also pretty tiring. Like, I think we were both pretty exhausted when we got back yesterday. Yeah. I was very much ready to sleep in my own bed. (laughs) Yeah. And have our son sleep in his own bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely a plus. Um, they could take decent naps, although I guess the last day their nap wasn't too bad. But um, now getting back to our normal schedule and having some time off from work has been nice. Uh, although I say that, I literally just got back from work before we started recording um, because there are still some things to do at the church to get ready for Sunday. But uh, it, in general, I have off for a few more days, which will be nice. I'm stoked to just be able to kind of chill and get ready for the new year. Um, you know, I, I had I had talked about on a previous podcast, um, you know, about setting goals for the the new year and how I, I think it's really I think it is actually a really um helpful experience to kinda just sit down and think through what you want to accomplish over the next year. I haven't done that yet. So, as much as I, I would encourage everyone out there listening to do so, uh, I downloaded a Bible reading plan. Nice. Okay. It's Sweet. a chronological one. Okay. So it takes you through the entire Bible chronologically. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, is it chronologically by book, or do they actually split up the books? They split them up. Okay. Okay. To where it's like you go through it, um, like in the actual time that stuff was happening. Right. But I mean, like, for instance, Ezra and Nehemiah, do they, do you like switch between books? Like, do you read a few chapters in Ezra and then a few chapters in Nehemiah? Yeah. And then back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it starts off, I think you read. Like the first couple of days are like the first few chapters in Genesis, mm-hmm. and then the next couple of days are like a few chapters in Job, and then it goes back to gotcha. Genesis and like sort of like back and forth like that. Yeah, well, throughout the cool. entire Bible, so you go through it chronologically. That's cool. Where'd you find that? 
on Linganier's website. Oh, nice. They have a bunch of different Bible reading plans you can choose from. Yeah. Yeah, I followed one of theirs uh, last year, 2017. Yeah, when I read through the Bible in a year, <laughs> I was actually able to do it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I did that two years ago, and I didn't do that last year, so I'm going to do it again. Mm. Yeah. Did you make it through the whole Bible? Yep. Two years ago? Nice. That's awesome. I couldn't remember. It took me over a year, but yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean, that's, I don't know. So you didn't hit your goal, but you still read through the Bible. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's important. So, that's cool. Well, one of the things that I've been thinking about for the new year and like as a goal of like setting a goal for myself for this next year actually has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about tonight, at least our, our main topic. And I know we didn't mention it earlier, um, but it is, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of, it, kind of ironic, um, but we're going to be talking about um, irresistible grace, which is the next, you know, the next letter in the tulip series that we've been going through. And uh, I, I've, I've never actually, you know, as much as I like that, I know that I'm a Calvinist and like, as much as I hold to these, these, you know, five points and the solas and things like that, um, I've never actually read through Calvin's Institutes. Um, so I've been thinking like this year, I actually want to go through them. Now I know what I have read from Calvin has been really dense. We own them. We do. Yes. Yeah. We own at least one copy of them. We might own another as well. Cause I know there are different translations. We own volume one and volume two. I don't know how many volumes there are. No, I, I mean, I think it is the, I think you're right. It is the whole institute's. But like there are different translations of the institutes, and so I don't know which ones are are better. And you know, it has a blue cover. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I want to dig into those, but I know that they are dense. Like the the few things that I have read from Calvin, like the you had recommended it, the Golden Booklet. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Um, I remember when we were going through that, that it was just like, man, oh man, like you can read a page of that and, and stop and think for a little while. <laughs> Which is what we did when we went through it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, so going through the entire institutes is probably going to take quite a while and it's going to take some, uh, dedication and determination. So I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of a daunting task. I mean, just like telling we myself. We should do it together. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. Hey, that's that's a good idea. That'll give us a whole year or two's worth of like podcast material, there right? <laughs> Stuff from the institutes. This week in Calvin's Institutes, we could have like a whole section of the podcast just dedicated to this week in Calvin. There you go. Um, yeah, may- maybe that's what we'll do. We're setting goals and New Year's resolutions right here on the podcast. You're a part of it, listener. And that's good because we have it recorded, so we're going to have to, you can hold us to so, it. So like in June when we've read like half a chapter, uh, you guys can ask us about it. Sort of like what we did with that uh, that book on baptism. Man, oh man, it's a good book too. I just haven't gone back to it in a long time. Um, the, what's oh, it, you the mean French the, guy? Yeah. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on what it's called? It's like Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology or something like that. 
Which I've only read through like the first three chapters. Yeah, yeah, same here. And they and they were really good. Like it definitely got me to see just the whole um Yeah. Like the different sides of the debate and what it kind of focuses on. Well, and it was just so dense. There were so many words that I just like had never even heard in my life, and was like, I don't even understand what we're talking about. Hardly. <laughs> um, it's funny. I first I heard it. I heard about it from Joe Thorne. Right. The distinctiveness of Baptist covenant theology. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's definitely Bye. Pascal Denault. There you go. There you go. There you go. So that's another one. I should probably throw that on the list of books to read this oh year my goodness. and actually actually go through it. Well, we were know. trying to go through that one together. Right. And then we tried like we read it on our own and then talk about it and yeah, we didn't do that either. So that's fun. Yeah, no, I, I do need to. I do need to finish that one because it, it it started out. It started out really well, um, but yeah, dense stuff. I had. To, I remember I had to reread a lot of it because I had to really like pay attention to kind of grasp the concepts of what was going on. Well, we bought it on Kindle, yep. didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hate, so we've got it digitally. I hate reading books digitally. Well, maybe you can use my um my Kindle. What's it called? Paper. White, yeah, paper white, and maybe that'll help. Yeah, because it always gives me a headache. Oh, geez. Okay, then it probably will help. Like it definitely spoiled me because you don't get the glare that you do with like an iPad. Yeah, like my eyes will start like burning fairly quickly just from focusing on the screen, which will make me tired because I'm like. I can't really keep my eyes open. This is hurting. <laughs> and then it gives me a headache and then I have to stop. Okay. Well, yeah, then definitely read it on my paperweight. Well, yeah. Yeah. We'll go through that one. We will. Making, making we will. commitments. We'll have to. Make a commitment. 2019, Oy. the year of reformed Reading. Baptist theology. <laughs> yeah. Except Calvin wasn't a Baptist. But. No, that's, that's true. But. <laughs> He wasn't right about everything. Okay, so today. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm I'm interested to see like what all I will agree with within the institutes and what I won't. Yeah. I probably, I mean, I'm sure I'll agree with most of it, but I don't see agreeing with all of it. Right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of just like stuff that he He is a fallible man. Right, right, exactly. And a young dude too. Like, yeah, I'm 30. Um, so he would have at least already had his first draft. I can't remember. I know he was in his twenties when he at least wrote some of the institutes. I don't know if he had finished the entire thing. Yeah. He didn't live very long actually. Um, crazy stuff. That's so sad. Young dude. But, uh, anyways, so our topic for today is one of the five points of Calvinism. Again, ironic because we I we just admitted we haven't actually read the Institutes of Calvin, <laughs> but these are one of the issues that um, you know Arminius and his following had with Calvin's right. theology. Well, you don't have to study the Institutes to study the five points. Right? No, you don't. It's Although just... those are derived from the Institutes. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's the source material. Like, yeah, sure, you can you can do secondary reading. 
Um, but you're right also because it wasn't necessarily, um, it's not like Calvin, you know, laid out the, the, the five points. The five points were the issues that people took with his overall theology and what he right. taught. So, um, yeah, so today we're going to the I. Um, we've done the L <laughs> in Tulip. And then yeah, the that's what we started off with. <laughs> right, right. Just the way things worked out. We wanted to talk about limited atonement. And then we were like, hey, let's just do the whole tulip. Why not? <laughs> let's have these conversations. Um, so here we are, second to last on the I. Irresistible grace. What is irresistible grace? Um, well, irresistible, meaning you can't resist it. Mm-hmm. And grace, so it's a gift. Ah, that's good. You didn't do anything to deserve it or to earn it. It's a gift. Are you quoting Reckless Love? <laughs> Are those lyrics in Reckless Love? Yeah. Oh. I don't deserve it. Oh, I don't I listen to that song, so I don't know, because <laughs> I hate it. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm just picking on you. Wow, you just totally ruined this entire episode. No, I did it again. We won't be able uh, to get it back now. Um, no, but anyways, yes, irresistible. You can't resist it. Right. And grace, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you didn't do anything to deserve it or to earn it. Mm -hmm. God gifted it. Mm -hmm. Please stop smiling like that, thinking of that stupid song. And, um, and it's specifically referring to salvation. Mm -hmm. um, or regeneration, same thing. So, if you are of God's elect, he graced you with salvation and you couldn't resist it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So the Holy Spirit changed your heart. Yes, yeah. And that's that's, I think that's one of the key issues with this doctrine of irresistible grace, right? So this was, um, if we think of it in terms of how, how the tulip formed, right? Like we just mentioned, they were issues that people had with Calvin's theology. Right. So the issue would be that they, you know, Arminius okay, mm -hmm. and his ilk said that, no, when God calls people, when God draws them to himself, they have the ability to choose, right? They have the ability to say, to resist God and say, no, I'm not going to be a part of your elect. Or they, they give their lives to Jesus, right? It, it's they, they have that ability. So that's what Arminius is saying, whereas Calvin was saying, no, you don't, you are not, you're not able to resist the grace that God the gives. Based the Bible teaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about, yeah, primary sources here, um, what God actually says about that. So, so that's, that's, where, that's where the rubber meets the road, is in the view of man and his ability to choose to follow Christ and what that means. Um, I think this definitely goes along with the other, um, with the other letters in TULIP right? Mm -hmm. um, they all kind of play off of each other. It's more like a webbing rather than like from A to B 
mm-hmm. you know, or A to Z. Like these are the different steps. It's yeah. more like, well, like they're we, all intertwined. Like we covered in total depravity, you know, we're completely, totally depraved. Mm-hmm. We can't choose God of our own accord because right. our hearts are deceitful continuously and we are dead in mm-hmm. our sins. Yeah. So we just literally cannot choose. Mm-hmm. We cannot even want to. Yeah. Because we're dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. The only way we could possibly have a choice is for the Holy Spirit to change our hearts to want to choose God. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. I pulled up, um, when I was looking around for different, you know, like what other people have kind of said about irresistible grace, the little bit of research that I did, uh, (laughs) jumping into this episode, um, I found the village church. Actually, they have like an article. I didn't even read the article. I just read the very first like section. Uh, and this is on, so the article is called what is irresistible grace. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it starts off with a summary. Okay. The summary is that the scriptures teach that God softens the heart of men and women such that they gladly submit themselves to his commands. None who are not softened will submit and none who are softened want to rebel. Mm. And I was like, dang, that is such a great summary. Um, Because that shows, you know, there's this idea, and I think it's like the difference between Calvinism and hyper-Calvinism, that like, oh, well, if you're one of God's elect, then he's going to drag you kicking and screaming to heaven. You know, like, you're his, and no matter what you do, no matter, you know, how how much you rebel against him and sin against him, like, he's going to drag you to heaven. Um, And it... I mean, that, if he did do that, then that's complete grace upon his part. <laughs> yes, but I think that grace. But yeah, that's if that's that's not how it works. <laughs> right, right. Another, you know, all all of these letters in in the tulip, um, they're called other things as well for actually for more clarification. Like a lot of these um, terms can be misleading, and one of the one of the ways that people understand irresistible grace is to to re to call it something different to call it effectual grace so basically that the grace of god upon you actually is effective mm-hmm. it actually does something it doesn't just allow something to happen it actually affects right. you as a person so like in that scenario grace has to be effective i'm not saying that there's there's no such thing as like a deathbed conversion like that can happen mm-hmm. if god wants to show how gracious he is through that, then yes. But I also don't think that God's gonna like. It's appointed for it's appointed for a man once to die, and after that comes judgment, mm-hmm. right? If you did not submit yourself to God in this life, I believe that you are going to eternal damnation, right? Um. So, sure, for the sake of hypothetical. Can God, uh, you know, drag someone to heaven? Sure, for the sake of hypothetical, but it never works out that way. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm trying. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, and because the grace is effective, but 
I love that. Uh, so the the other side of that kind of hyper Calvinist idea of like, oh, it doesn't matter what we do um, because God's going to save his elect anyway, um, is what this talks about, what this definition talks about is that the grace of God upon our lives is not just something that is, oh, man, something that works apart from us. It actually changes us to work in tandem with it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So it's still God who does the work, but his work is to change us. Right. To allow us to want to follow him. Mm-hmm. Which is even, I mean, I think that's the glorious. This is a beautiful part is that he could actually take a sinner, you know, a wicked sinner and, and change their heart. And I'm talking about myself. And make change. them alive. Yeah, <laughs> make them alive. Well, and to, and to to grant them uh, abundance, to, to grant them a life that is filled with joy, and in pursuing Christ, right? Like it actually changes the entire. There's almost like a like an existential change in the person that that you're. Well, it's purpose, supernatural. Exactly. Exactly. Your purpose is no longer for for the your wicked desires, but your desires have actually changed such that your entire purpose, your entire being, your entire reason for living has changed. And right. you find joy in things that disgusted you previously, right? The things that, that offended you, the, the fact that, that God called out your sin and the offense that you would get from, from God's judgment on your life is now a beautiful thing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a miracle and it's not that just God snaps his fingers and it's done, but he actually, yeah, changes the heart to where, um, it's seen in the person as well. Um, I, I, I just think it's so amazing and it, and it's a nuance that I think needs to be explained better mm-hmm. because, because simply because a lot of Calvinism, I think is straw manned. Okay. Um, I, on the, I I think in general, but on this podcast, at least I, because I am a Calvinist, I like to kind of call out things that Calvinists do that I find wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's the whole thing. And and even, you know, reformed people, the whole, why I keep referencing like big R reformed people and little R, little R reformed people and all that fun stuff. Um, but in this case, I think this is an issue with people who are not Calvin, you know, Arminians or however, however you, people who don't, who think that Calvinism is wrong, mm-hmm. that it's much easier to straw man this theology, right? Reform theology, Calvinism, whatever you want to call it. It's much easier to straw man it and say, oh, well, God's just a puppet master and none of what we do matters, you know? Right. Or to say that, oh, because, because there's irresistible grace, well, then, yeah, what does it matter what we do? or Oh well, you know God's still gonna still gonna save who He wants to save, and it's almost a, a fatalistic. That's what it's called. It it becomes fatalistic, right? And that's that's the straw man of Calvinism. I think when you actually study what Calvinism teaches and what I would argue the Bible teaches, right, that it's much more than that. It it goes much deeper than that. That the that the nuance is that God actually changes our hearts. Like you'd mentioned, he actually makes us alive. Right. <laughs> not uh, weird. 
dead. We were dead. We were dead in our sins. Mm -hmm. And he makes us alive in Christ. And that causes us to look different. What can a dead man do? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Looks like you've you've pulled up some stuff here. What what were we looking at? Um, well, I brought up there are a few passages actually I wanted to look at. Awesome. Um this is John chapter six. Oh yes. <laughs> this is what I wanted to look at. Too, okay. So this is perfect. <laughs> 37 through 40, and this, these are, this is Jesus speaking, um, says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Dang. So what in that passage sticks out to you? Well, especially the first verse, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Mm-hmm. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Mm-hmm. So the all is talking about people yep, or God's elect um, because it clarifies that in the next half of the verse when it says whoever. Right. So like all or whoever God give, the father gives to me will come to me. Mm -hmm. So he's saying there what God has, that God has appointed people to come to faith. Right. And therefore they will come to faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they will never be cast out. Mm-hmm. I think the order is important too. Right. Like Jesus makes it very plain there that God does the work first mm-hmm. and then man will carry out the consequences of God's actions. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I Again, I just think that's really important to to nuance that, that like God is the one who regenerates the heart. He is the one who makes you come alive. And out of that, then we see these outward actions. So something like what occurs at salvation when you finally realize, you know, the truth of the scriptures, when you finally realize the beauty of what Jesus has done for you. Um that comes because God has actually allowed you to see it, mm-hmm. that he actually did that work, that his grace has now become irresistible. <laughs> like you're, you're no longer resisting what, uh, what it always has been beautiful, but you had not been able to see it. Until the Holy Spirit changed your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another passage I wanted to look at is um, in Titus, okay, chapter three, verse five. It says he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay. So, not because of anything we did. Right. 
not because of any choice we made. Mm-hmm. But according to his own mercy, his own will, mm-hmm. by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So again, there we see that it's not a choice that we have made. Right. We can't make a choice outside of, we can't choose God outside of the Holy Spirit's regeneration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and like we kind of mentioned, I think that has to do with kind of the rest of, it, it works in tandem with the rest of, you know, the tulip in general is like, if we understand that we are totally depraved, like you had mentioned before, if we understand that, if we understand that we can't choose God, right? we, we can't, our nature will never choose God in and of itself. Um, then this kind of naturally flows because, because we can't choose God. It has to be <laughs> God that, that changes us to allow right. us to choose him. Mm-hmm. And now, um, like the definition that the village church gave, um, now we, we joyfully choose that, mm-hmm. right? We, we can't choose otherwise <laughs> because our very nature has been changed. Yeah, it's good stuff. Were there any verses, other verses that you wanted to pull up? No, not necessarily. That John six is is really, I, th- I think it's key um, when when Jesus is talking about God doing the work. That it's the work of the Father th- who actually draws people to Him. Um, I, I I just don't see how there's any way to get around that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that that God knows His people which ought to be a comfort to us, not, not a horrific thing, <laughs> but a comfort that God knows each individual person who is his um, because he calls them and because he changes them. And, and now we no longer have to rest in our works, in what we have done to, to um, save, you know, to possibly save ourselves. Um, we're trusting in what God has done to actually change us, to bring us into the fold. Right. And just to reiterate points that we have already made, Mm -hmm. but giving you some scripture addresses, um, Ephesians two, one, and you were dead in the trespass and you were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians two, five, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ Mm. by grace. You have been saved. (laughs) There you go. There's that grace that saved. (laughs) Colossians 5.13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Mm. John 11.43, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Mm. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, just like raises us from being dead in our sins. <laughs> you mean he didn't invite Lazarus out? Lazarus didn't have a choice. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. <laughs> uh, John 1, 12 and 13. 
but to blah, sorry, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, mm-hmm. nor of the will of man, but of God. Dang. <laughs> That's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, there good. are a lot of other ones, but I'm we sure. would be here for a long time. <laughs> because uh, scripture agrees with itself. Yes, there um, are a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there, so there are two main concepts here that we just wanted to kind of touch on um, that, again, I think are really encouraging. God's truth is encouraging to us in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one, that God is the one who does the work right? Like kind of like we've mentioned in, in other, in some of our other tulip episodes, um, that it's God who does the work that saves us. And also that when he works, um, it, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a synonym of irresistible, but when he works, it, it is something that we work along with him because of what he does in our hearts Mm -hmm. you know that sounded kind of weird i hope that made sense but i just mean that um we don't we we no longer rebel against god when he works so that's the two you know it's just it's kind of just like how you started out this whole conversation it's like it's irresistible and it's grace yeah (laughs) right it's god who does the work and he does it in such a way that we no longer no longer rebel against him right yeah. There's a there's a specific paragraph in this uh article that I found on uh what is this? Oh, it's on gotquestions.org. Okay, nice. Which is a really great website if you ever want to look up anything in the Bible. Is it better than Ask Jeeves? Um, I haven't used that since I was like maybe 11 years old so probably <laughs> um but this this article is just irresistible grace is it biblical and basically takes you through like all the scripture references and everything it's pretty awesome dang um but there was a paragraph that i wanted to read it says um and it lists a couple of misconceptions and uh explains them uh so it says a misconception concerning this doctrine is that it teaches the Holy Spirit cannot be resisted at all. Yet again, that is not what the doctrine teaches because that is not what the Bible teaches. God's grace can be resisted and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's influence can be resisted even by one of the elect. However, what the doctrine does correctly recognize is that the Holy Spirit can overcome all such resistance. Yeah. And that he will draw the elect with an irresistible grace that makes them want to come to God and helps them to understand the gospel so they can and will believe it. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And I feel dumb for not bringing that up beforehand. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that, that's a really good point. It doesn't mean that all the graces of God are irresistible. It doesn't mean that, that we can't resist God. Right, um, because and- we sin. Right, 
Right. Um, yeah. And there, there are passages that talk about, you know, why are you resisting the, the Holy Spirit? Um, you know, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, we sin. <laughs> we, um, we live in, in, we do sinful things. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we resist what God lives in a corrupt doing. world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not that all grace is irresistible, but that God, yeah. Yeah, I just put it so well that God overcomes our resistance, our rebellion against Him, um, especially in the case of salvation, is, mm-hmm. is what He does. He changes us so that we no longer yeah. rebel against Him. Well, and that's the whole process of sanctification. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To learn to work, keep in step with the Spirit, to be mm-hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Good stuff, man. All right. I think we. Have covered everything there is to know about the eye in tulip. Um, I'll read the institutes by next week and get back to you. Oh gosh! In case there's anything I missed, I'll let you know. There goes your vacation. Yeah, not happening. Jeez, I don't think I, I'd be able to do it if I. Well, maybe. Yeah, if I had a week, I could probably. But I and would nothing be like, else, like if you exactly. didn't have a wife and didn't have mm-hmm. children, yep. nothing else to do except exactly. read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing else matters. <laughs> yeah, it, it would. Yeah, it would be like that. It would just be day and night reading and racking my brain. It'd probably be really hard to concentrate. Anyways, that's not really going to happen. I was just kidding. Um, but I'm sure if there were glaring errors that we made or any other issues that had gone on through our discussion of irresistible grace, you can feel free to point them out and add your input. We've got, um, I mean, we're on Facebook, so Talk To Me Podcast. It's not a group, but you can definitely post on there and we will reply as soon as we possibly can. Um, you can add us on Twitter. Uh, our handle is so underscore talk to me. Or you can just, uh, you know, just use some traditional email methods. Uh, that's so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So any mm. uh, final thoughts or recommendations before we head out for the night? Well, I've sort of said some recommendations already. Mm-hmm. Um, got questions. It's good. Gotquestions.org. Um, I'm trying to think. Askjeeves.com. Does That's that even one. still exist? I don't think it does. Okay. I don't think it does. It just, it's fun. got questions and ask Jeeves. It just. I don't know, questions and answers. Well, I thought Got Questions was like specifically. Oh, it is. Bible. It is. It's just the title made me think of Ask Jeeves. That's all. (laughs) I'm like, what? No, yeah. Ask Jeeves is basically just what was there before you could Google things. (laughs) So a website where you ask an old man to Google something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What was that from? It was from Parks and Rec. Okay, that's what that I was. Uh, <laughs> that was Aziz Ansari. I can't remember his name <laughs> on the show. Tom. Tom. Tom Haverford. There you go. I was like, Ted? It's not Ted. What is it? Wow, you Tom need to watch Haverford. Parks and Rec it's again. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Recommendation, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Parks and Recommendation. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything. Yeah, no. me neither. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, read Calvin's Institutes. There you go. Um, set goals, and then and then plan out ways to hit those goals. 
That's my two cents. All right, well, till next time when we take a look at P. <laughs> really? That sounded really Are you dumb. five years old? Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, no, actually, I don't know if that's what we're going to do next time, but it'll eventually get done. It will happen. We'll talk about P. The P in tulip. The, the P in tulip. Till Pers- then. Perseverance? Mm-hmm. Or preservation? Yes. Of the saints. Both preservatives. Yes. All right. Okay. Go talk to your spouse. Go. Just go. Talk. Yikes. <laughs> Just go. Just leave me. <laughs> Take me out of your ears. Open Don't be all by yourself, okay? Go talk to someone. Don't do it. Go talk to someone. Now. <laughs>